Today we're continuing this series that Pastor Kevin has been leading for the last weeks on joining God in his mission. And today our emphasis, our focus is on how we join God in his mission in our work. Yeah, our work. What's yours? This isn't a complicated question from a pastor. This is just straightforward. If you're a plumber, it's plumbing. If you're a teacher, it's teaching. If you're a student, it's your schoolwork. Um, if you're a stay-at-home parent, it's caring for children and your home. If you're unemployed, likely your work is looking for work. If you're retired, as I am now, uh, it's a little more complicated, and we simply have to figure it out. But whatever it is that is your work, I want to invite you to hold that um, before you today as we go through this message, as we look at joining in God's mission in our work. I hope this won't be theoretical, but rather help us right where we are. Now, how do you feel about work? Maybe you resonate with Bob Black, who some years ago wrote an essay called The Abolition of Work. He said, no one should ever work. Work is the source of nearly all the misery in the world. Almost any evil you'd care to name comes from working or from living in a world designed for work. In order to stop suffering, we have to stop working. Do you resonate with that a little bit? If you do, you're not alone. Why else do we have a restaurant chain called TGI Fridays? Why else is early retirement so attractive? So with that in mind, with maybe a little bit of a chip on our shoulders toward work, what can it possibly mean to join God in his mission in our work? Now to begin answering that, I want to go back to the very first chapter of the Bible. The very first words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, everything that is. You know how that unfolded. And then at the end of chapter one, we read that God looked over all that he had made and it was very good. No kidding. But then we keep reading. We go into chapter two and it says that by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, you see those words that I've capitalized? Yes, work, work. God had been working. It's fascinating. As the Bible opens, the first thing that we see God doing is working. What we're being invited to see is that working is part of who God is, part of his essential nature. And of course, his work has continued ever since. Every sunrise is his action. Every breath we take is a gift of his. Now, as we keep reading in Genesis chapter 2, uh, it describes the creation of the first human. And then we read this in verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Why? To lie in a hammock and enjoy the breeze? No, it says, God put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, remember, this is before sin entered the world. 
And in that perfect world for God and for us was work. Working is part of who God is, and working is part of who we are, part of what we've been created to be. It is, if you will, one of the ways that we bear the image of God. Work is a good thing. Work is a God thing. And when we work, we are able to come alongside God in his purposes for his world. The question that will take us through the rest of our time is this. What does it look like to work in such a way that we join God in his mission? And I want to suggest three phrases in response to that, and we'll take them one at a time. How we love, what we do, and who we trust. Okay, first, we join God in his mission by how we love. You know this. The scriptures teach us that love is the center. Love is to shape everything we do. Romans 13, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Galatians 5, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So, in our work, who do we love? Pretty obvious, isn't it? Employers, co-workers, customers, those who report to us. And that's precisely where we impact the world with God's mission, as we love them in our work. Now, that's easy to say. Not always easy to do. In fact, you might be thinking right now, I, I don't even like them. How can I love them? And that sort of makes sense until we remember that when the Bible talks about love, it's not talking about how we feel. It's talking about what we do. Do you know 1 Corinthians 13? It's often called the love chapter. It describes the love that God calls us to. Picking out a few of the things from the list in that chapter, love is patient. Love is kind. It's not easily angered, not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects. It always perseveres. That's how we love at work. Patience with slow co-workers. Keeping no mental records of how many times we've been marginalized. Being kind even to demanding and unrealistic bosses and customers. Now please don't misunderstand. The love that God calls us to isn't some kind of nice sweetness. Love doesn't mean we don't do the hard things at work, like hold co-workers responsible, or bosses having to sometimes fire people. But it means that when we do those things, we do them with kindness, with patience, with honor and protection. That kind of love is going to shock people. But... And this is the key to joining God in his mission. It's through that kind of love that people are, are going to get a glimpse of God through us. People are going to be attracted to him through us. It's, 
exactly what Kevin was talking about last week in his message when he spoke of how wives could influence their husbands through their attitudes so that without a word, these unbelieving husbands would be brought to faith in Christ by the loving character of their wives. Now, you might be thinking, really? You don't know the kinds of people that I work with, how difficult they are. And I appreciate that. I truly do. I know what you're talking about. I've been in those situations. And yet Jesus was not fooling when he called us to love our enemies, the people who mistreat us. And he wasn't fooling when he said that people would know we belong to him by our love. So how is love possible in a cutthroat, toxic environment? I only know one way, and I have had to lean into this many times. We're told in 1 John 4 that we love because he first loved us. We're able to love because he first loved us. You see, all we can do is pass on the love that we are given. So the clearer we grasp what Christ has done for us in loving us at the cross by taking our sin, by taking our shame, our guilt, and giving us forgiveness, eternal life. <coughs> Excuse me. The clearer we see that, the more we'll be ready and able to love others the same way. It pours from him to us, and then we pour it out to others. I have personally known the harsh edge of the workplace. Pain so deep from personal attack that I entered years of desperate darkness. I lost my joy of life. And the only thing that rescued me, slowly drew me out of that dark place, was realizing how much God loved me. But it was that love in time after he pulled me out of my misery that enabled me to begin taking little steps of love toward the very people who had driven me into that darkness. As we receive the unconditional, sacrificial love of God, and then as we give that same love out in our limited way to our employers, to our co-workers, to our customers, we will be joining in God's mission to show himself to a needy world. Your employer, your co-workers, your direct reports, they need to see a glimpse of God. And as you love them, they will see him. And the only way you'll be able to do that is to know that he loves you. Let me say it. He loves you. He loves you. He sacrificially and eternally loves you. Enjoy that. Let it overflow to those you work with and join God's mission in your work. What does it look like to join God in his mission through our work? How we love and what we do. In Psalm 48, 148, we read, 
Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Now, I think we can understand the angels praising Him. We hear choruses of glory to God in the highest. But the stars, how do they praise Him? They praise Him by simply being there. And I'm sure you have experienced this personally. You've seen the star-filled sky and you've said, wow, what a God. And in the same way, we who are made in the image of God praise him through our work simply by doing it with excellence. When you're an electrician and you wire a house, and you wire it well. Your actions and your wiring praise God. When you're a teacher and the light bulb comes on in your students' eyes, God is glorified. Working with excellence. Catherine's grandpa was a, was a plumber. And she says that when he fixed a toilet, he'd stand back, push the lever, Watch it flush. Listen to the sound. Watch the tank fill. Note that it stopped and he'd beam with joy. That's working with excellence. Hmm. So ask yourself, what would it look like to do my work with excellence to the glory of God? And by the way, Watch out for judging excellence by comparing yourself to others. That's not it. We work with what we have in our abilities and our skills. I have a friend who's a foreman on a crew that frames houses, and one of his crew has skills that aren't as good as the rest, and he's not as fast as the others. But my friend said he will never fire him. And why? because he shows up day after day. No unexplained absences, no goofing off on the job. He does his work the best he can. And for this guy, that's excellence. It's through excellence like that that God is honored. For a Christian to work like that is to put into practice what we read in 1 Corinthians. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, including work, do it all for the glory of God. Do it with excellence, giving, given the abilities that you have. So what will that look like? Now, I have to face the fact that some of you may be in a situation where your job is virtually meaningless, and even doing it with excellence is a meaningless concept. Your job is just a way to put food on the table. Our daughter-in-law, her first job after graduation was so routine, so boring. One day she said, a monkey could do my job. And sometimes all you can expect out of a job is a paycheck. So what's excellence in that situation? My wife has a principle about the Christian life that she always comes back to. It's a story from when we were providing pastoral care for a group of, of missionaries in Madagascar. 
Now, Madagascar is a desperately poor country. And one day we drove past a group of women, each with a hammer in her hand. The first one took big rocks, smashed them into smaller rocks. The second one took those small rocks and put them into st still smaller rocks, on and on down the road until at the end there was a pile of gravel. Together these women were a human rock crusher. Catherine says, whatever we say about the Christian life has to work for those women. Why were those women crushing rocks? To put food on the table for one more day. That was excellence. And God is praised. Maybe you're in that situation. And you can see how you could love people, your co-workers and customers, and join God in the mission that way. But the job itself, it truly is meaningless. Let me remind you of what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now that's the negative side of the truth. The positive side is this, that providing food and shelter and clothing for ourselves and for those who depend on us is a high value to God. And so if your job is truly meaningless, well, crush those rocks and bring the paycheck home. That's excellence before him. And you will be joining him in his mission. And then one last thing about excellence in our work, and maybe the most important. In Luke 11, we hear Jesus saying, If you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? No matter what your job is, ask God for his Holy Spirit to equip you to do it with excellence. Really? The Holy Spirit helped me fix a toilet? The Holy Spirit helped me manage my team? Yeah, really. Remember that earlier passage in 1 Corinthians 10? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God wants our work for his glory. Through our work, people will see him. Of course he will give us his Holy Spirit so we might do our work with excellence. There's a wonderful passage in the story of the building of the tabernacle, the first place of worship. God had given the diagram of the tabernacle to Moses, how it would be built, the walls, the altar, the Holy of Holies, so many details. And all along the way, he said it was to be done beautifully with weavings and carvings and moldings. How would that happen? Well, the answer is given in Exodus chapter 31, where we read, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen Bezalel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. The Holy Spirit guided the hands of Bezalel as he molded the gold and the bronze and the silver and built the tabernacle. 
the Holy Spirit can guide our hearts, our hands, our minds, as we work for Him, seeking to do it with excellence for His praise. What does it look like to join God in His mission through our work? How we love, what we do, and who we trust. There's a statement in Romans 14 that you may never have thought of in terms of your work, but we ought to. Simple phrase, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Now, everything means everything. Work is part of everything. So the question we want to ask is, what does it mean to do my work in faith? What does it mean to fix a toilet, trusting God? What does it mean to do a sales call, trusting God? What does it mean to do a performance review, trusting God? Now, before we go any further, let me be clear about one thing. This is so often misunderstood. It's not about success, as if when I trust God, I'll be successful. And if I wasn't successful, it was because I didn't trust God. The scriptures are clear that there is no such promise. We see that God allows his most faithful followers to find themselves in, in one mess after another. So if it's not about success, what is it? There's a clue in Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. What's going on here? This is telling us that this house will only be a shelter that serves people well if God makes it so. That the city will only be safe if God keeps it safe. At the root, all of this and all of our work is not about the builder or the guard or whatever we bring to the table. It's about the capability of God. My work and your work is not fundamentally about what you and I do, but about what God does. What it means is there's a greater influence and authority at work than you or I could ever bring to bear. It means our work to effectively join him in his mission, to be part of bringing people's attention to him, to catch a glimpse of him, for him to be praised. It means that our work depends on him more than anything I am able to contribute. God is in charge of all things. Every good gift is from Him. Thus, every good impact from my work, whether that impact is for my customers or for my boss or even for myself, the credit goes completely to Him. And when things go wrong, He's not disturbed or confused. He can do exactly what he chooses to do with what looks to me like failure. Trust means resting in him to do his good will even then.
For me, in my work as a pastor, specifically in preparing a message like this one, it means I do what we've talked about. I, I love you by praying for you as I prepare. It means I work hard in my studying. It means I seek to communicate as effectively as I can. But laying all of that aside, it means that above all, I trust in God to do whatever he chooses to do with this message. Whether I think it was effective or you think it was effective is beside the point. It's up to him to use it in whatever way he deems best. And trusting him means that I accept what he chooses to do. And I would invite you in the same way to trust him with your building materials, with your lesson plans, with your management strategies, with whatever it is that you do. And note this, note it well. We trust him not because we are great in faith, but because he is trustable. And the best way for us to be sustained in faith and to grow in faith, whether it's about our work or anything else, is to be soaked in the truth of how trustable he is. And the way to do that is to be soaked in his word. As we read in Romans chapter 10, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard, is heard through the word about Christ. The faith we need to join God in his mission, in our work, that faith is his gift to us. And by the work of his Spirit, the more we hear of Christ through his word, the more we will be able to trust him in our work. And through our work, people will have a glimpse of him, people will be drawn to him, and he will be glorified. Do you remember last week as Kevin described being a good neighbor? He said that God's call on us is to live our lives in our neighborhoods in such a way that even if our neighbors fundamentally disagree with what we believe, that they don't want us to move. Well, the parallel to our work is clear, isn't it? God's call on our lives is to work in such a way that the people we work with, our co-workers, our customers, our, our bosses, our reports, they don't want us to leave to find other employment, even though they might completely disagree with what we believe. You see, it's as we work that way that they will have a glimpse of God through our love, through the excellence of our work, and as we trust him, through these meager gifts of ours, people will see him. They will be drawn to him. They will, some of them, will be drawn right into the kingdom of God. There's a lot at stake in our work. So let's work for his glory by loving others, by working with excellence, and above all, by trusting the God who has given himself that we might know him.